Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to a very professional episode of Sex Stories, a podcast where we talk about how to make the world a sexier, more loving place. Our guest today, you should already know if you are a longtime listener. He is a comedian, a slut, my very first sex podcaster friend, and the person who pointed out to me that I was already a sex worker. Welcome, Billy Presida. I'm sorry, I, I did what now? <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. This is a big part of my formative experience. One of the last times we talked, I think it was when I was on your show, you were like, will you sell nudes on OnlyFans? And I was like, yeah. And you were like, doesn't that count as sex work? And I was like, does it? And you were like, are you making money off of it and turning people on? And I was like, hmm, good point. But up until that point, I had sort of just conceived of it as like, no, 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 I'm just being naked. So it was in that conversation that I was like, oh, well, then why am I not doing more? Yeah, you know, uh, if you're getting paid for sexual services, uh, there are some who would say that technically makes you a sex worker. I guess that makes us sex. I don't know. It's not really part of my identity, but like if it's if I've if that helped you that experience, then like mazel, like keep going with it. Well, so here's what it did for me. It just sort of pinged me into a long exploration of like, hmm, what does count as sex work? And that's what we're still kind of here to talk about today. So how about for people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about your work, what it looks like right now. How are you making the world a sexier, more loving place? Is it your full-time job? Like, give us a Billy story. I mean, I don't know if I'm making the world a, a better place or anything, but I do talk about my dick for a living. I don't know if that helps, but Probably you not know, someone. You know, it depends on your tastes and preferences. Yeah. Like someone thinks my dick is sexy. That's great. Big fan yeah. of that. But uh, yeah, so I, I uh, actually next month will be nine years of me hosting the Man Whore podcast, uh, a series of sex positive conversations. Wyo has been a guest uh, uh, back in the day, quite a few years back. Yeah. You know, I do that. I've also been a, a stand up comedian for a long time. I have now been also writing lately. I've been doing some freelance writing for Mashable. 
com. So I've done some articles about, you know, sex parties and uh, OnlyFans and stuff like that. I just finished the editing process on how to throw a gangbang. So you can probably expect to see that somewhere on Mashable by the time this is out. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And I have an OnlyFans if you really want to like see my dick or like watch me put stuff in my butt or you want like a fake boyfriend to sext for an evening. I am there and you can compensate me for such services. I love that. And I would say all of those things, especially teaching people how to throw gangbangs, is definitely making the world a sexier, more loving place. Like it's got to be. That's hot as fuck. Yeah, I do consultations for fantasy fulfillment. If you and your husband or someone need to like figure out how to throw one, you can hire me. We'll talk on the phone for a while. I'll coach you through it. That is what we do. <laughs> Great. Okay, so when you're out in the world, when you're meeting people and or people from your sphere, like, do you ever get weird reactions when people learn about what you do? Or is it pretty like, oh, yeah, everyone has an OnlyFans now. Like, do you have any fun stories about how people respond when you're like, here's what I do? Well, it depends on what the sensibilities are, right? I mean, this goes with anything. If you feel weird about sex, well, when sex comes up in a conversation, you're going to feel weird, right? If sex is nonchalant and totally normal and whatever to you, then there's a better chance you're going to shrug your shoulders and be like, oh, cool, that's that's great. I'm an accountant, right? Because like, it just depends on what your personal attitudes are towards sex. You know, the OnlyFans is interesting because it's kind of like there are a lot of people, even the people who think OnlyFans is evil, Right or bad, or they think like women shouldn't be on OnlyFans, blah, blah, any of that. You know, they'll say, ah, OnlyFans, like you slut, how dare you? But if I tell them I do OnlyFans, they go, hey, if you can get someone to pay for that, good for you. You know, there's a little bit of a hint of like, if you're a dumpy looking dude and you can get paid for nudes, like, God bless you. You know, (laughs) wow. Okay. Do you think you're dumpy looking? You haven't seen me dress on my day to day. I like dress in a dumpy fashion. (laughs) Okay, okay. Like, I'm a very big <laughs> jeans and t-shirt guy. It, it depends on if I happen to own a jeans that fit my butt properly. I think that determines whether or not I look dumpy that day. Okay. So, you also said you don't necessarily identify with the word sex worker, but, like, how do you describe yourself to a new person when you meet them? Like, are you like, I do this and this and this, or do you, like, tease it out like a little delicious drops of discovery? Uh, de- depends on the setting, but usually if someone says, what do you do for a living? I say, I talk about my dick. And then depending on the reaction, like I can give them more information, no more information, really whatever's going to be funniest or helpful in a moment. Okay. That's usually what drives most of my decisions is, am I going to get somebody to laugh or am I going to help somebody? Those are really my two driving factors. I love that. Okay. So that gives us good framework for your origin story for everything that you do. So you want to make people laugh. You want to make it funny. How did that evolve into this whole like sexy Billy life that you lead? What's your professional origin story? So like I've been doing stand up since 2000, the end of 2008, my sophomore year of college. And then in 2014, I launched the podcast talking to my exes about why we didn't work out. And I started doing that every week. And, And that just the show found some fans and it evolved and I kept doing it. And so I started to branch out and started to invite on sex educators, porn stars, queer performers, dating experts, feminist authors. And then I started to expand even more. Now I'm at the place where I don't even want experts anymore. I'm like, it's been almost 500 episodes. We've probably covered it. Yeah. Now I just want experiences. I want stories. Like I'd way rather have on like a polyamorous athlete or like a kinky rapper mm-hmm. than, you know, the next instructional sex book. Totally, totally. So it sounds like sex was kind of always baked in or like when you were starting out stand up way back in the day, like, did you include themes of sex or was that only once man whore got started? Have you ever seen a man do stand up? Like it's uh, half the bit is about jerking off, right? I thought that was the stereotype. Oh. Uh, yeah. You know, I talk about sex. I talk about dating. I, I talk, to, you know, I talk about my life and I just have always had like a sexually adventurous lifestyle. So I've just always had interesting things to talk about in regards to sex on stage my barrier sometimes would be i think going to a gangbang is super normal and the joke is about something that happened at the gangbang it's not the gangbang itself but a lot of people they hear gangbang they think i'm kidding and i'm like oh no no no, that's real but that's not the funny part and they're just hung up on like gangbangs exist right right 
I, I also don't remember what we talked about the last time I was on on your show, but you know, yeah, I've I've had a nice slutty existence, we'll say. We did not talk about gangbangs enough. I would love to get into those specifics. But before we do, I want to know, is there at this point in your slutty career a slutty thing that you hope to achieve for work, through work, in your work that you have not yet gotten to? You know, something I'm planning right now is a special episode. I want to plan. So episode 180 is called The Oral Sex Auditions. And it was, uh, I had a friend who was very sexually frustrated about men who didn't eat pussy or they bragged about it and then didn't do it a lot or they like said they were really good and they were terrible. So I said, let's hold auditions. She was like, Billy, could you like refer me to a friend? I'd be like, I mean, I could find five strangers to lick your box and see if any of them are good at it. And we did that as a podcast episode. So I had five dudes show up at their appointment times for their auditions. We did like a pregame interview, right? Then I would send them in. They had 12 minutes to make a first impression with my friend using tongues and fingers only. Penis stays in the pants. Okay. Can't even take their dicks out, right? And then I'd come, you know, open the door, be like, all right, get on back in here. And I'd be like, hey, Roxanne, that's your twat. And then I got to take him back. And then we would do like a postgame interview. And he'd be like sweaty like LeBron at the end of the third quarter. And then I, then he'd leave. And then she would come out and she'd get on the mic and tell us like how it really went. And we did that for like all five guys to like find her a match. So now I want to do the reverse of that in a way. Uh, I want to find five women to like take turns laying down and letting me go down on them. And then I would have a friend of mine be like a guest host. She'll do the pregame, postgame interviews. And then basically we're going to find out, is this man who podcast guy a fraud or is he actually good at eating pussy? I don't know the answer. Honestly, I think it'll be funniest if I'm bad. Well... I don't know if it's a good, bad, but I fucking love that idea because like, I think it'll be really interesting to have the contrast. I mean, I think it's I think it's funny. It's like from an entertainment perspective, like, you yeah. know, because then it's just I've got people like shitting on my sexual abilities and I'll put myself in that position for comedy or I impress some people and now I have like some new sex partners. Oh, yeah. And or it's a chance to open up communication, and show people examples of how to like ask for what you actually want. That's hot as fuck. Yeah. I love that. I'm still trying to pick which which friend to have guest host. I won't know what they say on mic about me mm. until like I am editing, right? So like I'm just I have to like trust someone to be that guest host because I, you know, a week or two later I might finally sit down to like go and edit and I'll be like, "Wait, excuse you. What now?" Wait, I, I'm sorry. Wait, you faked it? I my world is rocked right? or something like that. I don't know. Wow. Or I'll hear a, real, a lot of really nice compliments. I don't know. That's one I really want to do. Uh, I also want to do this fun one where, I mean, I would really love to interview an entire orgy. Yes. Like as they orgy. Like I want to go around with a mic, probably like porn stars shooting an orgy scene. But like I want to go around and interview you while you're engaged in activity. Love that. I think that'd be fun. I mean, it would be distracting, but I totally have those same fantasies. Right. It, it, and supposed to be distracting because like that's and that's where we get conflict and comedy from is like. You're distracted because, like, you know, uh, someone is fucking you in the ass. But, like, I'm asking you, like, what moments in your life led you to this moment? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that kind of interview. Okay, not the, like, what does it feel like right now? Describe it. Okay, you're, like, going back. That's hilarious. <laughs> Those are great hashtag career goals. Would you tell us a little bit, just switching gears slightly, like, as you look back over all of like you've had so many experiences with so many professionals and so many just people in general and grown so much in your own personal life. What have you noticed? What have you learned about the social and cultural norms that has either like surprised you or that you were like, yep, nope, that's the world. Like, what do you notice about people and sex? Again, it depends on the population within which we're talking. Because if I'm talking to people who are also in a sex positive informed lifestyle, it's a lot different, but with like your mainstream everyday person, I'm always so shocked, like how much people will try to say what they want by saying other things instead of saying what they want or won't say what they don't want for all sorts of weird reasons that at the end of the day, it leaves them without what they want or like in pain. Mm. Like, I, you know, I've, I've been with people who I've had someone be like, oh, you've actually been hurting me during sex, but they won't say anything during the sex. I'm like, oh, no. And then, and then I'll be like, well, can you please tell me in the moment? And they say, oh, well, I don't want to. I'm like, then I don't know if I can have sex with you. 
Because like I don't want to be having sex with someone I might be hurting and I won't know until like afterwards. That's not fun for me. No wonder you have no idea if you're good at going down on people. <laughs> I mean, I have a pretty I have a pretty decent idea. But if I'm wrong, it would be hilarious. Mm. That's mm. that's my idea. Either the whole episode will be me bragging or it will be um, a stunning revelation of humility. Mm. What if it's just a deep dive like exploration on how like different pussies react differently to your touch and tongue because that's like you know that's so, that's so cool you're gonna have five completely different people and you're doing well i don't know do you do the same moves vagina to vagina or do you get like on a pussy do you get inspired by the lips like or do you have like the <laughs> same things like how does it work for you <laughs> this really looks like a sucking type of lady right? yeah no i don't know <laughs> i think it depends on what i'm in front of and it depends on like what i know about this person what sort of nonverbal reactions i'm getting involuntary physical reactions I get, things like the type of breathing they do. Do they get that little like muscle spasm in their hamstring when it's like really good and they want to hide it, but they can't. There's a lot of factors, but I, I just go with it. I don't know if that episode would be like a technique based thing. It would just simply be like, it would rely on the strength of my guest co-host. I don't know how much I would talk during this episode. Yeah. Well, your mouth's going to be busy. <laughs> okay, so back to what you've noticed social norms-wise. It sounds like you've noticed that there are some people in the normie world, shall we say, that maybe aren't as communicative as one might hope for a transcendent sexual experience. But what about in the land of sex positivity? Like, in these places, you know, you're hanging out at Hacienda, you're doing naked stand-up. Like, you must be meeting some cool people. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, well, here, instead of maybe like a broad general thing, I'll just give you like a pet peeve of mine I find in the space. Like if you're at a sex party, keep your vanilla conversation to like another space. Go outside. If there's a backyard, that's where you should talk about how difficult it was to pick your kids up from Hebrew school. I don't need to hear about that. All right. I'm trying to get head right now. I have literally been in like a little five some puddle of people trying to start the orgy up and 10 feet away. We can hear this woman telling this little group about like how her brother just got out of rehab and he's been having a tough time. And I'm like, go upstairs. Yeah. Not the place. This is an orgy or at least it's trying to be. Yeah. Right. Like who's in charge of the rules of those orgies? Cause I want the sex parties I've been to. There has not been like a person in charge being like, okay, you're not going to talk about stupid shit. You are going to talk about this important stuff. Like, do they set up frames really clearly or am I just very picky? I think it just depends on the party you go to. Uh, mm -hmm. I did write a piece for Mashable a couple months ago called like a, a beginner's guide to sex parties. You can go on Mashable, find that. And and in there I do talk about it depends on the party you're going to, whether it's a small soiree among friends in someone's living room or hotel room. If it's like a club environment, if it's uh, more of a like community play space like Hacienda tends to be the, the place I go to. So the party I go to, if you're new to the party, if it's your first time, you have to go to this pre-party consent speech workshop thing. Sometimes people who've been there already go because like they're bringing a date, right? And it's their first time, but everybody has to have sat through this. And what's great is you are watching everyone else also watch this thing. So you know, everyone's on the same page because you all just watched each other hear the same words and they do a pretty good job being detailed. So they go through, it, this is also a big party. 150, 200 people. So you have to have like some rules laid out when they're going through like, you know, the space and where you can do what and where and consent. It's actually been interesting to watch this speech evolve over the years because I've been going to this party for like eight years. So I've just watched this speech evolve and they've actually really tried their best to address that gray area stuff or stuff that like neurodivergent people just might not understand things that like, people we might call creepy who might just like not understand social dynamics or um, maybe people whose empathy brains are not turned on to think about how others are perceiving their behaviors, stuff like that. So for example, like last year, they finally started saying, addressing the like conversation that happens in the basement because the basement is like the main play area. It's a big basement, but gosh, sometimes you would just hear somebody talk about really unsexy, like work stuff. There's like talking about work. And it's like, cool, but like you could go upstairs, you can go to the backyard, you can go to like this area here, like all that belongs anywhere else yeah. but this basement. Cause like you're killing the vibe with whatever you're discussing, right? And it was cool. I was like, oh, thank you so much. It's a pet peeve of mine. Or like another one would be uh, watching voyeurism. 
Well, it's not that you can't watch. It's how you watch. It's how you approach it, right? So they've been addressing the idea of, like, they've been getting more explicit about how. Normally, they would say, if you want to watch people, like, up close, ask. But now they're starting to address, like, leering in a way that's more specific. So it's like, if you don't have permission to watch some some people, please try to watch from, like, across the room or, like, more than 10 feet away. I think we want people to just get certain stuff. But like, look, I've been socially awkward my entire life. Does that Same. mean I'm on the spectrum or I just missed that day of school where like they explained how the social rules work? I don't know. The point is I have probably been creepy or untoward or impolite at times when I just did not know what the rules were for these interactions. So first, it's just like, yes, you can watch, but just don't be creepy. OK, that helps maybe a few people, but there's a lot of people that doesn't help. Okay, but I don't know how to not be this word that is subjective. Yeah. So then they started being like, don't watch right up close to somebody staring at them. If you haven't like asked, hey, uh, you guys are like really hot. Do you mind if I watch? Okay, but now we've talked about up close. What is up close? Okay, so now they've even started. So now they're at the point where they're saying stuff like, you know, if you haven't cleared with the people that you're going to be staring at because you think they're really hot, which is okay, try to be more than 10 feet away. Now we have some like measurable guidance that it's not about setting up rules as much as like some people need help on, well, what is that subjective word you're using? When you say don't be creepy, that doesn't help anybody. What are you talking about? Use more words. Yeah. Um, some people may hear that and think like, you should just get it or you're probably creepy if you don't know how to not be creepy. And I'll say, I don't know. Are you ever hang out with people who are like super on the spectrum? Like just hold some space that people don't know what the fuck's going on. Totally. Make it a little easier to know what you mean. So at this pre-workshop, they lay out a lot of stuff like that. And they so they're covering consent, they're covering sexual health, they're covering the space, they're covering, you know, <laughs> if you're a squirter, put a wee wee pad down. We have them available here, here, and here. Yeah. All that type of stuff. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. I also have just noticed that like people on the spectrum tend to be like hyper specific with language and are very kinky. Like in the kinky world, the more that I get into kink, the more I'm like you and you and you all. Oh, so many of us. I think the spectrum folks love things like polyamory and kink because there's so many rules in poly and kink, right? And it's normal to check in about what the rule is and make a new rule for each mm -hmm. person. Absolutely. I think there's a there's a reason a lot of that. There's a lot of attraction to these lifestyles because of all these rules and the propensity for board games, you know? <laughs> yeah, depending on which circles you run in. Totally. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, on the note of cultural norms and things, what else would you like to shift? It sounds like Hacienda is doing a great job of like you know, creating these clear frameworks, what else in your work as a sexual being out in the world, whether it's like naked comedy, whatever, like if Billy had a magic wand, what would we be shifting about sex, broadly speaking, right now in our culture? I don't know if I want to shift anything. I don't think I want that to be my job. I just want people to laugh. 
You know, it's like, like, I think I'm done trying to like make a big point. I think I, I'm, I got to start, I want to start being more funny than right. So, you know, if you're like, well, what would you shift if you had a magic wand? I'd be like more people being interested in me as maybe that as that. That's great. Be like, I, I would love for like everyone to want to lick my ass. That's probably a shift, but like on their own, but like enthusiastically, everyone just now really wants to do that. That sounds great. <laughs> Say that you like rubbed a lamp and a genie came out and that was your wish. And like now you're in a world where like several times a day someone's going to come up to you like with a dental dam or a pair of laurels. And be like, Excuse me, Billy, could I lick your ass? How many times a day do you think you would like enjoy it just on average? I think it's going to depend on what my diet was the preceding six to 18 hours. <laughs> my entire comfort level with butt stuff depends on like, well, does it feel like there's a lot of poo in my butt right now? That completely determines it. Okay. Okay. On the low end, zero. On the high end, say it's a great butt day. 50? Like 30? What do you think? No, that's, that, that gets in the way of a day. You can't get uh, anything done. True. Good point. Okay. So like, like unless I'm going to have one of those like really cool seats, like one of those like office chairs with like, like a space in the middle and someone could just like, look, if you just want to like cycle through underneath the chair uh, <laughs> while I work, you want to lick, I, we, we could probably make that work. I've edited podcast episodes while getting blow jobs. So I feel like, like, rim jobs we can swap that out okay i haven't done that yet head is a lot easier maybe you just need a special throne you do need a special throne that's why i'm saying that like i don't need a special throne to get a bj while i edit the podcast you know what i mean fair point all right well maybe that'll come true we'll build billy a butt licking throne and see what happens yeah but with my luck it's gonna be like some guy in idaho who's really good with like you know carpentry and i'll be like man i appreciate the enthusiasm and the craftsmanship but like you're not for me so i'm sorry to disappoint well maybe not for you in a whole general life way but last time i checked you weren't monogamous right you could just like love him no for i'm not monogamous i'm just not into men let alone men from idaho into carpentry wait so does that mean that you have not received ass looking from a dude like are you so straight that you don't explore for some reason i thought you're more exploratory i don't know i'm not into men they're uh I can't seem to get into it okay. when I look at you and I go like, oh, there's reasons why like a lot. Sometimes the reasons I'm worried a chick's not into me or isn't into something. It's because like, well, I wouldn't be into it. Got it. So, okay. yeah, I'm not I'm not incredibly exploratory with the dude folk in the circles in which I run. Being a straight man is a detriment to my prospects. Got it. You don't get invited everywhere I in think. the regular general world. I'm still holding like the straight flush of privilege cards. Sure, sure, sure. But like in my space, in the sex world, being this is not as attractive as if like if I wanted to fuck your boyfriend in the ass, like that makes me more attractive in the small circles we run in. I hear that you. Okay. Well, also, you're running in a lot in of like poly queer. Specifically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this, I think, segues perfectly into your gangbang experience and my next question about like you know how your experience with all of your sexy work has influenced your personal life like in a gangbang you're around a lot of other cocks i would imagine right and i know you're not fucking those people but like that is something that i have met a lot of guys that are not up for and it's you know so that's like another kind of like tier whereas like if a straight dude can be around other cocks that's pretty fucking cool was that an evolution for you uh, no, I did that math in college because I went to I went to college at NYU. I was I, I lived in New York City in my college years. I mean, my whole adult life. But, uh, you know, we had a very active Craigslist scene. Yeah. And starting sophomore year, when I got out of my freshman year relationship, I started being around Craigslist more. And there were a lot of posts that were like MW for M or MW for MM or W for MM. And I realized, and a lot of the W for M ads are actually just sex workers or scam bots. Oh. It's not a complaint. That's just a reality. That's a very real just description of the landscape. There were not a lot of like actual single women on Craigslist looking to X, Y, or Z. So I did the math. I was like, oh, if I'm comfortable with like another dick in my proximity, I can increase the number of posts that I can respond to and therefore increase the likelihood I can get my dicks up. So, you know, part of me was like, okay, Billy, there will be other dicks at this event. Grow up. It's fine. Because, uh, so when guys go like, oh, man, isn't that, isn't that a little queer that there's a, there's dicks near your dick? And I'll be like, I don't know. I'm a little distracted by the chicks blowing me to really care about the dicks in my proximity. 
you know, you don't have to be comfortable with this dude, but I will laugh at the guys who are obsessed with like the potential gayness of that experience. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know if it makes me like a little more gay that like my dick has been in a mouth with two other dicks, then fine. I guess I'm a little more gayer than you, Brad, but like <laughs> I am really into this woman in front of me. So whatever. Amazing. I'm not one of these like super straight guys on TikTok. I hear that. Have you heard about this? There's no. like a hashtag like super straight and they're like super straight. Like they're so straight. They're not attracted to the trans women and they're not going to have group sex where there's another dude around. And I'm just like, okay, man, it, that just sounds really unfuckable to me. But like go with God. Best sure. of luck. Sure. My way's been working pretty well for the last 15 years. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I also wonder how many of your listeners I've turned off because they were like, I was kind of on board until this whole like he's straight thing. I don't know. I think I have a lot of well, I don't know. Listeners, who the fuck are you? Tell me. I think I have a lot of queer people, a lot of straight people. I have a lot of dude listeners too. I also I feel like I speak to yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, I think a lot of your dude listeners also are like partially here because they they are very turned on hearing a wonderful, beautiful person like yourself talking about sex. I don't know. <laughs> I well, here's what I hear a lot of. Yeah, I'm straight, but like, I would definitely let another man blow me or like, I would definitely fuck another man or, but I'm definitely, you know, I, I feel like I have a lot of open-minded, heteroflexible listeners. Okay, that I don't understand. No, it's called, it's just heteroflexibility. And I know I a lot of people. That. Billy, I think I associate you with stranger sex and glory holes also. Like, those are the things that stuck in my mind from our early conversations. And so I'm like, well... If it was like real stranger sex and he were blindfolded, would he even know? If especially if it was on the other side of a glory hole, if there was no beard, if it was a soft face, I don't know. You know, to me, sexual orientation has to do with attraction, right? And I'm not an expert. I am just a dumb comedian with a fuck show. Whatever the Very academics dumb. and like experts figure out. Thank you. Uh, I like being dumb. It's so yeah. Dumb. Uh, I just want to be a dumb good boy. Whatever the experts figure out at the end of all this, like debating about these like terms and labels and all. I will ascribe to whatever it is. I'm not attached to my label as much as I think the jury is out. I think a lot of stuff is being redefined. However, my understanding is a sexual orientation has a large part to do with your attraction, whether it's attraction to genitalia or attracted to a gender or gender presentation. Maybe that's all up for debate, but it's about attraction. You put your dick in a glory hole. I don't think that changes an attraction. That is like a most base level of insert to come. However, the glory holes I have participated in have been with women. I think one or two trans women. Yeah, it's like because it, either like I've met them or I range them. It's just all yeah. been in that way. But yeah. I'm I'm always open to the reality beforehand that like maybe a dude is like quote unquote tricking me and showing up, and I have to accept that if I'm going to hang a curtain in my apartment during COVID. Yeah, yeah. But I also have gotten various confirmations during or after to know that who I invited over is who I invited over. Totally. Even though I don't necessarily know what they look like beforehand. So I had a glory hole during COVID. Did we talk about this last yes, time? Yes, I remember okay, that. So I won't do the full rehash, but if you haven't heard my old episode of Sex Stories, I had a glory hole during COVID because the government told me to do it and I'm a bootlicker. <laughs> so I hung a glory hole. I put up a post. So like the second person who came over she like is on her knees, but she asks like, can we kiss? And I, that is not what I want to do, but whatever. She like put her tit up to the hole and she wanted me to like suck on her tits. She had nice big titties. And so she like wanted me to suck on her tits. So I did that a bit. Right? You did not tell us about the titty glory hole. That's hot. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up? Embrace your desires and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Floor. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. 
so they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. I was a little annoyed by her a little bit, but it, it was fine. She started because she was trying to change the script sure. in yeah. the moment. That's a, like a negotiating up. Yeah, it's like tell me before, like, hey, do you think like maybe like you would reach under and like stroke my pussy a little bit? I could say yes to that, but like I don't want to be sprung with it, especially yeah, yeah. during the high stress times COVID was. Or like another time, I had a lesbian who showed up. She said when we were chatting, she's like, "I'm a lesbian. I've never. T- I'm a gold star, but I." I figure I, I should try sucking a dick just to make sure, but I want to remove the man element. Is that okay? I said, sure. And like, yeah, I know it was a lesbian. Cause let me tell you, I've never heard someone spit harder and louder after getting cummed in the mouth than oh, wow. this woman. Like I really confirmed for her, not for me, you know? Okay. And I'm glad I could help out with that. That's very nice of you. Yeah. You know, I'm very benevolent boner over here. Fuck yeah. So, so sometimes people would like roll their eyes back. Like, they were probably all men. I'm like, whatever you want to believe, dude. I think until you know there's a guy on the other side and then you were attracted to that reality, I just don't see the sexual orientation playing a role in it. It's not too different than if you said, here's a box. There's not even a person involved, but if you put your dick in this box, after two to seven minutes, you are going to come. Like I put it in that category. Sure. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is you don't identify as hetero flexible, like you are straight. And that is just like the term. Whatever that means anymore. (laughs) Right, right. Well, it. um, I mean, the stuff that I've read most recently says that it means someone like knows that they're attracted to femme women and they're open to other things with people of other parts. But what I'm really hearing from you is like the mental part of the turn on is important to you. Like knowing who's on the other side, knowing that it's a chick, knowing that's a person. Again, this isn't about me like, hi, I want to figure out a word's way to keep this label. It's just more like my understanding is this is what this means. I'm really big on classifying shit. Great. Well, I think the thing that we can definitely agree on is that words can either help us get closer to people sexually or they can make us way fucking far away if we don't take the time to like figure out what they actually mean together yeah or in my situation with words can fuck things up because the more i talk the less attracted someone is to me or vice versa like some people have the complete opposite experience and for me too i'm like if you only want to talk to me a certain amount if i have to be quiet the whole time then like go away i want a dirty talk during sex if that throws you off like we're not compatible people and that's fine too okay so anything else about like your sexy work influencing your personal life over the past nine years since you've had man whore or since you've done only fans like what has influenced you from a professional standpoint in your personal life doing the fans helped me accept my body and love my body more and appreciate my body more. Uh, I've, I've had a lifelong struggle with body image issues and some disordered eating history. When I got an OnlyFans, like the first month I made my rent. Nice. So I had, and then, and then again, and, and again, and then it was like, okay, I can hate my body if I want to, but I have to respect it because it's paying bills. Amazing. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely helped adjust my relationship with my body and then I interviewed some other folks who look a variety of different ways and and they had similar experiences where it was like yeah doing OnlyFans helped me love and appreciate my belly or you know uh, a friend of mine in the porn industry uh, this trans chick she was like it allowed me to see myself as the way I thought I was supposed to be Mm -hmm. and because I got to see myself be hot as a woman finally or you know uh, an older friend of mine who is a uh, sex writer she's like I'm 50 And I'm like embracing how hot I still am at 50 as opposed to getting into that where like, oh, once you're over a certain age, you're as a woman, you're you're not hot anymore. And and I got a variety of experiences like that or, you know, whether it's race or whatever your thing you think makes you different and unsexy is Uh, selling nudes can not for everyone, but can help with that. It can help show you angle, literal and metaphorical angles of yourself. You didn't know were there. Fuck yes. 
What do you want to celebrate the most about your sexy work right now? We have your upcoming shows. Is there anything else? Well, you know, my nine-year anniversary is next month. I've got ManhorCon in August. That's an annual. That's an annual meetup. Uh, well, once it used to be annual before we stopped doing some right. things for a while. Uh, <laughs> so this is actually my first like big ManhorCon back. But yeah, I have uh, listeners from around the country and Canada. They come out to New York and. They buy a weekend pass. We do a bunch of fun events, a live podcast, parties that kind of devolve in the orgies, even though I did not tell them to do that. Yes. But I guess that's what happened when you put my like listeners never. in a safe <laughs> container together. I might be close to announcing it more formally when this comes out, but I'm putting out a book of dirty haikus. Nice. I don't think I've talked about this, so maybe this, this might be a sex stories exclusive. <gasps> uh, but yeah, I'm putting out a, a book of dirty haikus. So I do this thing on my Patreon. It's one of my original awards I used to do. And I, I mean, I've been doing, but it's one of the first ones I, I had where at a certain le tier level, I mail you every month a thank you letter. And it is hand signed. I have notes for you. But also there's a dirty haiku. And I would do that every month for all my patrons at a certain level. So I've written about 100 of them for Patreon over all these years. So now I'm putting out a small collection, a chat book of like 30 to 40 poems it's called Caught Moments, Sex and Lust in 17 Syllables. And so if you're following me on social media, if you're listening to the podcast, if you're on my mailing list at manwhorepod.com, you'll get updated when that is more officially coming out. Uh, I'm right now just finalizing the final drafts of everything and, uh, and, and making the cover and such. And I got to send it to the printer. Yeah, but yeah that's, that's the other thing that I'm excited about coming up. Yeah, that, ah. that's going to be fun. That's amazing. Now, looking to the future, how are you excited to like grow yourself even more in sexy work-related ways? Well, in, in the sexy work-related ways, I, I'd love to figure out ways to mix the podcast and the OnlyFans a little more so I can do some partnered content. I was doing some partnered content. Then I met my now ex. We refer to her as Wallet No Lady. It was her first foray into non-monogamy. It was a lot of stress. We don't got to get Oof. into it. But also the fact that like I would also sometimes try to hook up with people in a way for money. And then also I'm promoting it on social media became difficult, whether it was the social media posting or, you know, I mean, there were sometimes there were shoots where after the shoot, there's a stressful phone call or like I've canceled a shoot late one night because we were up for two hours at night with her stressing out about it. Oh, fuck. So I stopped doing it for forever. So I actually haven't, you know, my OnlyFans kind of is a clip store it is not regularly updated at this moment, which is not a smart business thing for me to say right now, but I'm being vulnerable to uh, whoever is still listening to me. But I have a lot of content on there. It's a free page. So you just basically pay for what you want to watch. Yeah. But then, so really what I've been doing the last year or so, year and a half has been the DM. So I'm just very active over there so nice. i do a lot of texting and a lot of like video chats and phone chats and then and shooting custom videos i just haven't been posting new stuff but there's like a lot of stuff on there okay. including partnered content so what i would like to do is if i got back into regular partnered content finding some sort of podcast integration element like maybe i'm interviewing people before we fool around or Fuck something yes. of that of that nature so I'd like to do some of that if it makes sense and it comes up. I'm still doing the podcast. I am still chugging along towards 500 episodes, uh, which will hit sometime this fall. I'll be at 500. I love what I do. I don't have to go to an office. I do stand up. I do a podcast. I write. I sell some dick pics. And like I get to live the lifestyle that I want to live. What a life. The main goal was I just want to do this. I want to talk into a microphone. And try to make Wyo laugh. <laughs> what, what what I would like one day is uh, I'd love to be, uh, you know, something like a Netflix show would be great. Fuck I've yeah. got some ideas in the can. I've got a couple books in me. I think those will be progressing soon now that I'm ADHD medicated. But right now, like, I'm having fun, doing great. Great. Also, you kind of are on your way to, like, bringing podcasts together with OnlyFans based on your fantasies that you talked about at the beginning. Like, I feel like if we get... Billy going down on lots of ladies. There's like a million of versions of that that could be um, some great crossover content. Yeah, if the top of my head situation, if this minoxidil starts working more, you know, then I think I would shoot more cunnilingus content. But there is something about like when I'm going down on somebody and there's a camera involved, I'm just like, oh God, what's this situation look like? Is that good? Is that okay? Mm. Well, I don't know if YouTube could see it, but there's a, you know, there's a spot on the top. 
See, that, how that, this is when we need proper thrones to get all the proper angles. Because really, if we want, we want that camera in there getting the angles of your tongue and your mouth. I'll come be a camera girl if I'm ever in New York. I love. Well, you tell me. Yeah, yeah. You tell me because, like, look, I think there's not enough cunnilingus content. I agree. Out there, and it, the the pussy eating videos I do have on my OnlyFans perform very well but like i really don't know how to shoot them because usually it's just us so you kind of yeah. have a one or two static shots so we got to collaborate you got to direct my next pussy eating video so that we got the right angles i've been doing more erotic content and i'm just now starting to talk about it and it's literally my like from behind the camera well also in front of the camera but like i love i fucking love watching because i'm not a voyeur in the strict sense of like whatever if we're getting into definitions strictly voyeurism is kind of non-consensual i'm a consensual voyeur i love being an erotic photographer like that's my favorite way to look and capture so yeah okay i'll hit you up when i'm in new york and we'll we'll, we'll make it happen please do <laughs> okay i know you don't like to be in charge of things or authorities but if you could wave a magic wand and teach everyone in the whole wide world something about sex what would it be not all sex has to be this like escalator towards the hard dick into the vagina because one, not all the sex is going to be with a vagina and a dick or only those two things. But also just like sex can be a lot of things. Let it be a lot of things. And then the other thing will be don't get so weird if the dick isn't hard, whether you own the dick or the dick's in front of your <laughs> face. Don't get just just let it be. Because sometimes my dick that's hard and soft, like during a blowjob, like yeah. kind of oscillates, but not yeah. for nothing. Feels great the whole I time. Say, I love it. You like a soft dick in your I mouth? Love, I or love. Like a, or like a half hard. Like, like, I love it going back and forth. I love the grow. I love the relaxation. It, it's not it's tiny. It's not smallest, but it's certainly not like even a wreck. Like you couldn't penetrate your pussy with it. But like you like it, it, there's weight to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so like there's some volume going and some density. So Absolutely. it feels great for me. But then the only reason I'm ever self-conscious if my dick isn't fully hard when I'm getting a blowjob is because I'm worried she's making a big deal about it in her head. If I know yeah. she likes it no matter what, or she understands that I'm feeling good no matter what, then I'm good. Yeah. But it's, it's when someone's like, she's stopping. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, yeah, feels great. Don't you hear me moaning? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my one tip would be let go of your preconceptions of what sex look like and just like do what's feeling good. Fuck yes. That's where like patience and waiting can be the hottest. I'm not very patient in general. But for sex, for turn-ons, for drawing out hotness, I can be the most patient girl in the whole wide world. Okay, so do you want to end on a little fantasy brainstorm with me? Sure. Okay. Imagine that there's a creative space. It's part sex ed museum. It's part erotic gallery. It has a secret members-only dungeon down below or whatever, sex basement, whatever. Could maybe also be a co-working space for OnlyFans bays during the day. I don't know. Imagine the whole place has educational workshops on the weeknights, play parties in the afternoons on the weekends to so those of us who don't like staying up late and still have energy and fuck. And you, Billy, have been tasked with designing one of the rooms. It's the Billy room. It can represent you. It can promote your brand. It could be like an experience that you want people to have when you go there and think of you. You have an unlimited budget. What's the Billy room like? Uh, so have you ever seen those like questionable Czechoslovakian glory hole room videos? <laughs> no, but I'm excited. <laughs> okay. They're, they're questionable to me because like they don't have the standard like, you know, those title slides in a porn where it like acknowledges like, hey, everyone here consensus of it. Like, you know, those things. But that's because of American laws. I don't know what they're doing over there. Right. So I have to like suspend some disbelief sometimes. I go like there's a production budget. Surely not everyone in this video is trafficked. I hope. But there but it's, there'd be these rooms with like glory holes but there'll be like normal ones there'll be ones where there's like a pussy is up in the air raised at like face level yeah so you can like eat out a random pussy there's like bent over butts like sticking out of a hole or like the pussy's out like at fucking angle so it's all that and then they usually have like the face pictures like taped on the <gasps> wood next to it anyways i would have a more complicated diverse array of stuff like that for different stuff and purposes so it'd just be a stranger play room where like Ooh. you can go Look to do a thing to somebody, or you could go behind a wall or into the box or whatever the thing is. At Hacienda, they have this like one way mirror thing that's really cool where like it's this booth and you go in and you close the curtain, and inside it's just mirrors. You only see yourself. And there'll be like mirror panel and then a very, very thin like arm width space in between the, that and the next mirror panel. And there'll be like kind of a curtain. Where it's like, I'm trying to describe this for your your podcast listeners, where 
it's split down the middle. So if you, you can stick your hand through the curtain, uh -huh. but it's like the separation is in the middle, right? If that makes sense. And then there's another mirror panel and then another space with this. And so it's that going around. So that was like, so people can reach in and touch and grope you or whatever. Like you could stick your dick in and see what happens. Or you could stick mm -hmm. your dick out and see what happens, right? But outside of this booth, you can see in. <gasps> Hot. So if you're in the booth, you actually don't know who is doing what to you or mm -hmm. who's reaching in and feeling up your body. But from the outside, you can look in, you see like this person there and then you're feeling them up or whatever it is you're doing. That's really, I think that's a really hot box. I actually need to like arrange a friend to like put me in there and then have them maybe see to get some people to do some stuff to me. But that's a good brainstorm for later. That sounds yeah, so, so fun. So the Billy room would be like a stranger themed room. Maybe there's like a space where it's like, Here's a small closet. It's going to be pitch black. And like, I don't know. I We got to work out some kinks. I know there's some nerds who are going like, but what yeah. about the consent negotiation? No, no, no. In, hey, in just, this we're in space, a fancy zone. Assume it yes. It got worked out. Exactly. We'll, we'll work out the details when this is a reality. But in, like that yeah. would be the, yeah. Oh. Like a sensory deprivation tank with yes. another person. Fuck yes. That would be hot as fuck. I love it. These are great brainstorms. And now, now I know what to make the Billy room like. Billy, any final thoughts about sex, sexiness, or your own sexiness? Tomorrow I'm supposed to go watch some couple fuck from a bar, and I'm supposed to look across the street from the bar because their bedroom is directly across the street from some nice bar with Ooh. big windows, and I'm supposed to go and have a drink and watch from there. And maybe they'll invite me over to cross the street, and maybe not. But I'm guessing you're not bringing binoculars. You just have to be like regular casual out in the world. It doesn't seem like they're going to need that. I trust their process and their fantasy. And it seems like what, however, the dimensions of wherever this is, is maybe it's like a small, a, a narrow street, Great. but they did not say, Hey, you're going to need binoculars. So I won't bring binoculars. Hot as fuck. Oh my God. Lovers go find Billy online. Billy, where do they find you online? Where should they, where should they stalk you? Uh, well, you can find me on social media, you know, just search my name. I show up Billy Presida, P-R-O-C-I-D-A. Obviously, check out the Man Whore Podcast wherever you're listening to Wyo. I've got almost 500 episodes over there. You can go check out Wyo's episode if you want to start with that one. But also, I have, over the last few years, I have been developing a very large Discord community. It's a sex-positive community. You don't even have to like the Man... You don't have to listen to the Man Whore Podcast at all, but it's a sex-positive space if you feel like you need like-minded friends on the internet. Maybe you don't have a place to go to talk about kink, non-monogamy, dating... Etc. So if you want to join the champagne room is free to join. If you want to come join, I think we're at over 600 members in there. Uh, you can go to manhorpod.com slash discord. Come on in, join the conversations. And Wyo, thanks for having me on. Fuck yeah. Lovers, those links are in the description. Go follow them. Billy, thanks for helping me spread the love.